Blog Talk Radio. Can anybody tell me who the best team in college basketball is? Does anybody out there know? The answer seems to change daily. We're going to try to find an answer. This is Late Night Hoops on College Hoops Digest. Radio. John Fanta here with you. Another show jam-packed with tons of material. Nick Muller will join us. He is coming on the show. That's at 11.15 from Big East Coast Bias. Covers the Big East. Xavier Alum will talk about the Musketeers. Are they the best team in college basketball? We'll get to that in a second. In the year that has defined craziness to a whole new level, we're used to insanity in college basketball, but this is a whole new level of madness, and it is still only February. Four of the top six teams have lost in the past two nights. I can't ignore what happened tonight in the Big Ten. I have to start with it. It was not on my show script, but it has just gone to the top because somehow the Minnesota Golden Gophers now have seven wins on the season. They are 7-19. They knock off number six, Maryland, 68-63. to How in the heck did this happen? How the heck did that happen? How? Well, sometimes it just isn't your night. But let me tell you, folks, I thought Maryland could play pretty badly and still win. They lost. Brutal shooting nights from Mello Trimble and Robert Carter. Trimble goes three for 11. Carter goes three for 12. Rashid Suleiman scores 28 points. He was fantastic, but they got nothing, nothing really on anybody else. Two bench points. The wild thing, folks, it's not like, it's not like, Minnesota played out of their mind. That's the thing about this. Nate Mason, the sophomore guard, who's one of their leaders, look, okay, kid played well. He had teen shots. And Jordan Murphy, the freshman forward at six foot six, all right, he had 17 points. It took him 16 shots. Minnesota won this game. They, they defended well. They did a good job on Maryland, but still, you have to be better than that. And my scare with the Terrapins is, my fear with the Terrapins is, they just have issues at times. Being able to execute consistently on the offensive end of the floor, and tonight, that's what did them in. They do not consistently execute on the offensive end of the floor. And when you have guards as good as Trimble and Suleiman, I don't understand how that happens. The key for them in the NCAA tournament, and I still think this team could be a Final Four team. And I, I know, I know that you're saying, well, John, that's look, folks, a Final Four team. Maryland is one of them. They, they really are. They're a very dynamic team. They need their bigs, though. Their bigs aren't doing enough. Jake Lehman has not been good enough in my mind. He just hasn't been. Tonight, eleven points, four rebounds. That's not enough out of Jake Lehman. I've criticized him on this show before. Maryland falls. Uh, they they are okay. They're fine, but I would expect that they get bounced from the top ten. You have to. 
You have to after that. There are bubblicious games going on here, and we're going to welcome in Nick Mueller at 11.15. John Fanta here with you on Late Night Hoops. Cincinnati and Tulsa right now are in overtime out in Tulsa. It is a very crucial game as the Bearcats are in that last four in category. Tulsa is hanging around the conversation. Both need it for their resumes. We'll see who can pull it out as Tulsa and Cincinnati are in a close game. In a year of craziness, though, we still know one thing, ironically. One thing is certain. The Kansas Jayhawks are still the kings of the Big 12. They find a way to sweep Oklahoma, a Sooners team that just gave Texas Tech a huge win for us. Now the Red Raiders are looking like a tournament team. But Kansas pulling it off in Norman on Saturday, so impressive. They really are. And they come up big beating Oklahoma 76-72. to And I, I said it on Saturday, Devontae Graham was fantastic. It was fantastic. And Kansas, to have him go in the six foot two guard, this is a team with Ellis down low. If they get that kind of guard play, he's not going to go for 27 every night, but it's really what they need is that consistency in the guard play. And they get stops, but they, they need that on the offensive end. They, they got that. They got that on Saturday against Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma State just this week, and now they will face off with Kansas State on Saturday. The Jayhawks are some kind of wonderful. And Bill Self is as good of a coach as we've got in this country. This guy just keeps on rolling. He he really does. He has established an absolute dynasty. Michigan State and Wisconsin just wrapped up. Sparty wins 69-57. to This is his team right now. There's a lock for the Final Four. I'm going to make a lock. And if I have to make a lock, I'm going to go with Sparty. Michigan State finds ways. Denzel Valentine, 24 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds in the win as MSU takes down a red-hot Wisconsin team. And I was going to get to the Badgers tonight as well as we stick with the Big Ten. What Coach Guard has done in replacing Bo Ryan, this is very reminiscent. I'm not trying to say that he was Bo, folks. This reminds me of Butler of a year ago. Andrew Miller walks out. Chris Holtman steps in. Tough situation. He steps into He gets into the tournament. Uh, they make it to the round of 32 and almost beat Notre Dame. Let's turn to this year with Wisconsin. Greg R steps into a very rough situation and has done a very good job. Come in, and he's established what he's wanted to establish, hasn't turned things over too quickly, and Wisconsin is an NCAA tournament team because of it. Really impressive to see what he's been able to do. There are two teams, two blue bloods. In the year of craziness, we're talking about blue bloods tonight because there's still this prevailing feeling that these three, I talked about Kansas, how about Kentucky winning 80-70 to over Tennessee? Tyler Eulis is the best true point guard in the country. He really is. Tonight he goes for 11 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, only shot 3 for 15, but the best of the best guards, folks, when they don't have a good shooting night, they still find a way to contribute. It frustrates me to watch guards at times not shoot the ball well, and then they don't know how to have good night. It's hard to do. Tyler Eulis does it. He does an incredible job of it. 
We're taking your calls as well, 718-664-9391. But Tyler Eulis in Kentucky, remember them, remember Duke. You know, here, here's the unique thing about this, folks. I, I still don't like the Blue Devils. I, I'm not on that wagon. I think that they've caught fire. But they're catching fire at the right time. Uh, they're doing a good job of it. And a lot of people were playing them down a couple weeks ago. And they were having an off year. By Duke standards, I guess it's an off year. Uh, still a top 20 team that just went to Chapel Hill and beat Carolina. Still don't like this team. I, I don't, in all honesty, to be honest with you. This, this is just how – I mean, how can you honestly predict? I, I still think Oklahoma is the better team than the Kansas Jayhawks, but the Jayhawks swept away the Sooners. Does that make sense? Maybe not. But I still think Oklahoma can hurt you in, most way, in more ways, and they've got the best player in the country. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's see who's calling us here tonight. Hi, who's this? You're on the line. Hello? Yes, what's going on? Who is this? Uh, this is Martin from Cleveland. Martin from Cleveland. Go. What's going on, Martin? What do you want to talk uh, about in the world of college basketball tonight? I just think, uh, I think you brought it up well, but I think Oklahoma is just, just strength-wise, I think the best team in the country. They have the best player in the country. Uh, I know they lost to Kansas twice, but I feel like come tournament time, you know, with Buddy Heald leading the way, I mean, John, this this year at three percentage, uh, it's not just Buddy Heald, but also um, Jordan Woodard. Uh, they are just insane from the three line this year. They're just lighting it up, and I think that comes huge come tournament time because we see it all the time, these crazy threes that these kids are able to make. Uh, especially March Madness, the momentum switches during the games will just make a huge difference for Oklahoma. They can go toe-for-toe with anybody, Martin, because of their ability to hit the three, and they have one of the most dynamic bigs in the country. People forget about him. Ryan Spangler does a lot for them down low. So the Sooners are still very dynamic. Kansas is going to come away with the Big 12, but at the end of the day, you got to get it done the NCAA tournament. And I still would give Oklahoma in the, in the tournament, I still would say they got the, the chance to make a – deeper run uh, than the Kansas Jayhawks, who still are at the front of what is a powerful, powerful conference in the Big 12. Anything else to bring up before I let Look, you go? Yeah, one more thing. Uh, I think somebody to watch these next couple of weeks is the Xavier Musketeers. Uh, I love the way their they're forwards play. They're, they're just so big down low, and they defensively and offensively go off the boards. And also, that's another huge factor Come March Madness time. I want to see how they play in the next couple of weeks with they got what? They got Seen Hall coming up, Villanova. I mean, those are two huge games, two two teams that are doing very well in the Big East this year. Um but uh yeah, I do love the way that uh many of their uh forwards are playing this year. Especially you know, they're just destroying Martin, the boards. Martin, I thank you very much for the call. And yep. the Xavier Musketeers, we're gonna to talk to Nick Mueller coming up. Xavier Alum reports on the Big East. The Musketeers are second in the Big East. Folks, this team is beastly. Beastly. Their front line. (laughs) This front line is crazy with Jalen Reynolds and James Farr. It really is. They beat Providence 85-74 to on Wednesday. And the Musketeers coming up on their schedule. This team at 23-3. and 23-3, three. and three, folks. Think about that. How crazy is that? 
it is wild to think. Chris Mack, I mean, I, I thought he'd do a good job this year. I didn't think he'd have Xavier at 23-3. and three. That's insane. And this team's eighth in the AP Top 25. Yeah, they had a slip-up five on Monday. They face Villanova next week at the Cintas Center, and I will take the Musketeers in that game. Crucial bubble games going on at the moment. Cal is facing Washington. The Bears have literally been all over the place. Cannot figure them out. Kwanzo Martin has his team playing inconsistent basketball. It's a very important game, though, in the Pac-12. Washington, this is a team that, they seem to always find their way into the conversation. I'll be honest, have not seen much of them. We'll be watching that game after the show. And you can follow me on Twitter at John underscore Fanta to see as uh, both teams are in the NCAA tournament conversation, but both are on the bubble. And that's the problem there. Statement win of this week. It's St. Joe's cashing in and beating Dayton in Philadelphia. Very important win for the Hawks, Phil Martelli, the legend, just son doing his thing. And he's got DeAndre Bembry, who is really as dynamic as they come. This kid's a great wing that you have to watch out for in the NCAA tournament. St. Joe's, if they get the right draw, they, and you can say it about a lot of teams, but this is a team I really do believe could not only win a game, but could get to the second weekend. The Hawks, have such a dynamic player in Bembry. He's a matchup nightmare. And when he plays well, everybody around him plays well. And the way they beat Dayton last night, that was very convincing. And that's why this team, this St. Joe's team, watch out for the A-10. It may only get three bids. St. Bonaventure's still on the outside looking in. But Dayton, George Washington, who's got experience, and St. Joe's, those teams can cause issues. St. Joe's with Bembry, though, that's a team to watch. And I, I still, everybody, Dayton is the trendy Sweet 16 pick. I got to see what kind of draw they get. Uh, Dayton, I'm not as sold on as I have been in other years. Uh, VCU as well, another team that uh, is performing at a high level. But that's a big-time win for St. Joe's over Dayton. Very, very big-time win. In terms of other things that are catching my eye, some scores tonight. UConn, they took down SMU 68-62. to And the Huskies have been all over the place. Uh, when they get good frontcourt play, that, that's really been the issue for them. Uh, Sterling Gibbs transferred in there to UConn, and, and their guard play has been good enough, but they, they need to get more down low. Yeah, they haven't gotten enough of that. Inserted Sean Miller as their starting uh, four and then Amida Brita, tonight he had a good night, 16 points and 8 rebounds. He played at a high level tonight. Gibbs held just 5 points. Uh, Calhoun had 7, and then it was Hamilton who scored 14, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. The Connecticut Huskies, I, I am tell you right now, I, I do not see that team doing much in the NCAA tournament. That, that's a team that they've just been too all over the place for me to say right now confidently, oh, watch out for them. And that's a tough thing with that American Conference. The American Athletic Conference is, is, okay, it's nowhere even close, nowhere even close to power conference. And you know what? I I, I would think, I think it's on the same level as the Atlantic 10, but 
at times, I'm more convinced the Atlantic 10 is better than the American. It's a tough spot there if you're UConn. And the other challenging thing for this league this year is that SMU is not tournament eligible. So that, that's, that's tough. Some big matchups, though, in the Pac-12 going on. Cal Washington is one to watch. Um, those two teams have been tricky. UCLA on the outside looking in now at 14-11. It's amazing. A couple weeks ago, Joe Lenardi had nine teams on the Pac-12. I was shaking my head. It's a highly competitive conference, folks. But because those teams are beating each other up so much, you're going to see teams start to drop. That's why it's down to six. We welcome in our guest tonight. It is Nick Mueller of Bias, rather. Nick is a Xavier alum. Let's get him from Big East Coast Bias. So he's got full wraparound of the league for us tonight. And we will go across college basketball as time allows here. We've got about 13 minutes left to go on the show. Nick, first off, how are you? I got to imagine you're good with the way Xavier, 23-3, and and I still don't think they're getting enough attention. Yeah, it's it's been a good year for them so far, and I, I agree with you. I think a couple of the traditional powers have continued to float on a on a on a great name and not a great resume so far this year. It's a great point, and the two that come to mind, and I talked about them. Of course, they're catching fire at the right time now. Nick, Kentucky and Duke are two of those teams that, like Duke, would not if it's anybody else. That team's not hanging around the top 25 the way to cast. Now, they go to Chapel Hill and they win, so that argument no longer is very valid. But at the same time, <laughs> this just shows it is a wild year in college basketball. I just said earlier on the show that I understand Kansas swept away Oklahoma and Kansas rules the Big 12. Having said this, in the NCAA tournament, I think Oklahoma still causes more fits for teams. That's just the kind of year it is. Xavier is in second in the Big East. I still think that they have more potential to make the deeper run than Villanova just because of the way the Musketeers are cut out as a team. So many tough matchups, and it really starts with that front line with Reynolds and Farr. Yeah, I think it does. Um, and it, it's interesting that they only play one of them at a time a, a lot of the time. You know, it, all, it also leaves you with fresh big men and big men who can get in a little bit of foul trouble and not concern you. Um, I think the one of the other really underappreciated things and a good sign for the future is that even when those two both check out, Sean O'Mara has been great, uh, particularly on offense. And you watch him check in, he usually plays, you know, five, ten minutes, often usually in the first half. And as soon as he checks into the ball game, his teammates get him the ball in the post. Um, you know, they yeah. know that even their third big man is a real threat with his back to the basket. It's a great point. Nick Mueller is our guest from Big East Coast Bias, a Xavier alum as well. So the Musketeers are having quite a year. We know Villanova and Xavier are at the top of the league, Nick. Who do you think is the third best team in the Big East? You know, it's it's been tougher and tougher to say all year. Um, I, I think I'm still sticking with Providence at this point. Um, Chris Dunn is, is a little bit of a high-wire act as much as he is one of the best players in the country. His turnovers are a little bit of an issue. But between having him and Ben Bentel, um, I just don't know of anyone else in the country who has a one-two punch like that. To make the big difference, they have to get either the three-point shooting from guys like Fazekas, guys like Lindsay to start falling for him, or Bullock has to be more consistent. He's shown up a couple times when he shows up and puts up 15, 20 points, a team that's very, very difficult to beat because they play great defense. But when when he fades into the background and the three-pointers don't fall, 
you know, even if even if Dunn and, and Bentz will score 25 apiece, it's tough to win a ball game scoring 50 points. Nick Mueller is our guest. And, Nick, it's been fluctuating. How many teams the Big East is going to get into the NCAA tournament? I'm one to believe Villanova, Xavier, Providence, Seton Hall, as well as Butler are all deserving. Butler has been a strange team. I got to tell you, I thought they could win the league. And they just have not been able to get stops consistently. They're really missing. The kid that they are missing is Cameron Woods, who was there for them last year at the center spot. And they're not getting any sort of play like that from a five this year. Now, the emergence of Keelan Martin, he's looking like an all-big East first-team player. I, I agree with you. He's, I mean, he's been a revelation this year, you know, scoring. Uh, you know, he, he leads them in scoring. How, who would you have guessed that this year, that, or that, uh, that Martin would be outscoring Dunham coming into the year? I don't think many people would have picked that. I think the other big thing no. uh, they're missing uh, from last year and that really affects their toughness and their defense is Alex Barlow. Um, you know, Tyler Lewis looked pretty good early in the year, mainly on offense. Um, and he was driving the offense so well that he could live with his struggles on defense. But now they've, they've benched him out of the starting lineup, and, and they just let Roosevelt Jones run the point and be the most awkward point guard in the country. Awkward but effective. But, um, you know, missing Barlow is the guy who could really put pressure on the defense, on the point. Um, makes a big difference with him, too. Somehow they went from the Butler way being great on defense and getting by yeah. on offense to the exact opposite. Yeah, no doubt about it. Nick, the one interesting thing that I would like to bring up with this league, and I cover the league, you've seen the league a, a ton, and cover for Big East Coach Coast Bias, Nick Mueller is our guest. Look, 10 wins, 10 league wins, should be good enough to get you into the NCAA tournament. Nick, if it's not, I do think the conference has to be a little bit concerned about the direction that it's gone in. We saw so much talk in non-conference play about the fact that Big East is really strong. People were saying it's back or, you know, it never left. And I, I, I do believe it really never left. But at the same time, you got to hope that 10 wins is enough. For instance, a Seton Hall, a Butler, if they can get to 10, is that enough in your mind? And we both know this the way that the conference is perceived all depends on how it performs the NCAA tournament. Do you see a change this year, a team being able to make that run to the final four? Well, I, I think, I think there is a good chance of it. And I think, you know, part of that is just because there's so much parity at the top part of college basketball right now, that the top, you know, last year, Kentucky and Duke and Wisconsin, and maybe Arizona were just better than everyone else. Um, and and then this year, there are 15 teams, and any one of them could say, yeah, we're Final Four caliber, and you can't really argue against <laughs> Um And so, obviously, Villanova and Xavier are in that conversation. And if you have Bentel and Dunn, you can't tell me that, you know, you can't get to the third weekend of the NCAA tournament. You know, I think Seton Hall and Butler are, are much longer shots for that kind of thing. You know, if they can win a game, maybe two, you know, that would be a, a very successful, I think. I think a very successful outcome based on where they are now. Obviously, Butler had bigger dreams earlier in the season. Um, but if they can't get it together on defense, like we were saying, I don't I don't know how they can get much past, the, you know, winning a game in the NCAA tournament. Nick Mueller, you did a great job with us here. Love to have you on. We'll have to do it again soon. Is there a Big East game you're particularly watching this weekend? Obviously, Villanova-Xavier next week. That'll be so much fun. Yeah, Villanova-Xavier next week is the one, uh, you know, hanging over 
every game is had some, you know, that's not until next week. Uh, but I will be at the Xavier Georgetown game this weekend, so that's the one I'll be focused on. Looking out for it. Hoyas have been extremely disappointing. You got to think there's some pressure right now on that coaching staff at 14 and 13. There's got to be some pressure. I know it's John Thompson the third. I know his name holds a special place, but you have to do better than that at Georgetown. Don't there's only think? so many times you can lose to Radford and keep your job. <laughs> Nick, thanks so much. Have a good rest of thanks your night. Thanks for having me, John. Again, partner. All right, Nick Mueller doing a great job over at SB Nation at Big East Coast Bias. We go out west in the last five minutes of the show. And we always like to feature a uh, – throughout these last couple of weeks, I'm going to feature a Western Conference for Late Night Hoops. In the last five minutes, we go to the Mountain West, where Steve Fisher just keeps on doing his thing. It's San Diego State. They're 12-1 and in the comp, 7 overall. They have a three-game lead. They're going to win another Mountain West championship. I pick them to win the tournament. Malik Pope is the name to watch in March. Remember that name. Remember this kid. He is big time. This San Diego State team, you may not see them from, I mean, this is a team that probably the highest they can get up to is maybe a nine. Be very scary for a one seed to face them. Very, very, very scary. I am looking forward. I'm very intrigued to see where this team ends up because they could really cause some nightmares in the NCAA tournament. And Pope is playing at a high level. They got a kid named Jeremy Hemsley who does a great job of always giving them something. He really does. And Steve Fisher has done an incredible job over there uh, time and again. Going back to it, I just talked about Pope, and in the win over Air Force it was, Pope had 13 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. What I like about him, I go back to this, I brought it up earlier on the show, I love the players that can do a little bit of everything. In college basketball this year, the national champion cannot have a kid who just scores. You've got to be able to do a little bit of everything this year in this tournament because there's going to be games that are ugly. Think about this, folks. Somebody posed the question. They said, John, who really right now in the country – can win six straight games en route to a championship? Who could win five to get to the title game? That's a very hard question to answer, especially after we watch Maryland lose to lowly Minnesota, who stinks. <laughs> right? Honestly, they stink. <laughs> oh, craziness. Absolute craziness. Going back to the bubble watch, better and better every single day. And it changes every single day. Uh, Butler has an important game at number one Villanova on Saturday. And you may think, okay, Butler, look, nobody beats Villanova inside the pavilion. Just watch out for that game. I'll pick the Wildcats. I do think Butler keeps it close. Joe Lenardi, according to his bracketology, has Butler in a playing game against Florida State. Taking a look at the Seminoles, they are, right now, they are 16-10. and 10. They have two top 50 wins at Florida. That was huge on December 29th. And then they hosted Virginia and won. 10-2 and two in the non-conference, but they are 6-8 and eight in the ACC. They have 
Well, when you look at it, they've got the two top 50 wins. They have a total of two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've got a total of seven top 100 wins. The Seminoles have lost their last three. They're at Virginia Tech, then at Duke. They host Notre Dame, and they host Syracuse. They need to beat Virginia Tech. They need to split Duke and Notre Dame. They need to beat Syracuse. And then after that, they potentially need a a win or two in the ACC tournament. I'm a little surprised that they are still uh, being projected to be in. They're 16-10. and They cannot lose at Virginia Tech this week. An important bubble game for Florida State. And then they go to Duke. If they could get Duke or Notre Dame, though, that would add to their resume. But there's work to be done there. they got to get to 19 at least. And that might be enough in the ACC. Tomorrow, the place to be in New Jersey hoops. Well, rather, tomorrow, the place to be in college hoops, I just gave it away, is New Jersey. And I will be at both huge games. First place in the Ivy League is on the line. Princeton hosts Yale at 7 o'clock. When that game ends, I will drive the car, the 45 minutes to an hour drive, over to Monmouth University. The Hawks, oh, they've been great. They host Iona. Mac rivalry game. It ended in a fight in the first showdown. Can't wait for that. That's at 10 p.m. Follow me at John underscore Fanta at NCAA Princeton Yale. It is Mama Diona. It's tomorrow. A full weekend begins at College Hoops Digest coverage. For Lee Night Hoops, good night, everybody.